Well, I'm excited uh, that you're here this morning. That would be awesome, my children. You could have brought it about like three steps closer. Are you afraid that I have something? Is there something going around? Thank you. Uh, That would be one of my other smart aleck kids that's just like his mother. Well, this morning we're beginning a new sermon series that we're calling The Journey. Uh, The beginning of the new year is always an exciting time of the year. Uh, And, you know, everybody's making resolutions and promises that, you know, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And in all reality, we, we look at a new year, we approach a new year, and, you know, for the most part, most of us would like for something to be different, right? Uh, something to be a little different, something maybe to be a little better, something to go uh, a little smoother or, or maybe some kind of change. Uh, and that might be why some of you are here today or that might be, be why someone is joining us online today. You may just want this year to be different from last year and there's a part of you that knows that in order for that to happen that that's going to have to do something with God that's going to have to do something with your relationship with God or maybe your involvement in the body of Christ and your relationship to the church and so maybe you made a resolution or maybe you made yourself a promise or someone else a promise or you renewed your commitment to get back to where you know you ought to be in your relationship with God and and relationship with the church. And so you've decided uh, today to start the new year off on the right way, on the right foot, on the the right path. And as we closed out uh, 2022, a few weeks back, we, we focused on, as we looked at the Christmas story in those last few weeks of the year, we focused on the fact that there were a lot of journeys that are recorded for us in God's Word there in the Christmas story. And we looked at some of those journeys as we were uh, going through that story. But as we closed out uh, those messages, I, I shared that there's one more journey in the Christmas story that I believe is as important as all the others that are recorded there in God's Word, and that's your journey. That's the journey that you are on. And so over the next few weeks, that's what we're going to be talking about. That's what we're going to be looking at. Uh, It's going to be our focus is the journey that you and I are on with Jesus and fellow believers in the body of Christ. So let's dig in this morning. I want to open this series with this passage of Scripture out of Exodus uh, chapter 3. If you grew up in church, you know this story. You learned it at a very young age in Sunday school. Uh, Even if you didn't grow up in church, you're probably familiar with it. Um, But uh, let's begin there in Exodus chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Now, I'm sure there are some things in the Bible that don't 
translate real well into our language, into the English language. And I believe that this is one of those times in Scripture. I just have a hard time believing that Moses saw a bush that was on fire. It was burning up, and he's like, oh, what a strange sight. You know, I, I, I think he's like, what in the world? This is crazy. You know, I'm, I'm going to go see what's going on over here. And it, it continues in verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take your sandals, uh, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Don't you know he got those sandals off faster than he's ever taken them off in his whole life? Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now, this is obviously where we get the phrase uh, in our common language today of uh, a burning bush experience. And I'm sure many of you have heard uh, that phrase before, a moment maybe in life, a moment in maybe in life, moment maybe in your Christian life where you really felt that you were close to God, that you, you felt really close to God or you felt like that God was speaking to you very specifically uh, and very directly about something. Some of you may have never uh, experienced that. You may not have had an experience like that in your life before, but you think that you might really like to have an experience like that, especially when you feel like you're just kind of walking alone and, and, and just that your journey is kind of mundane and you're just kind of going along with the crowd and you would really like to have an experience, one of these burning bush moments where you wish that God would just verbally speak clarity into your life and into your situation, where God might sp say to you in an audible voice, you know, marry that person, right? Marry this person right here, or don't you dare marry this person right here. Or maybe you would like God to speak with you about whether you ought to take that job or whether you ought to leave that job or, or whether it's time for you to retire or not to retire or, or, or to move to that city or to move to that church or whatever it may be. And we really wish that we could have more of these burning bushes, bush experiences. And some of you know the story uh, about my experience that I had when I surrendered to go into the ministry. Uh, when I was in my teens, I knew uh, without a doubt that God uh, wanted me to do something for Him that was outside the norm, that He wanted me to commit to uh, some sort of ministry. I knew that when I was a teenager. I knew it with all my heart. I just didn't know what that was. I suspected uh, that it would have something to do with music. My family was a very musical family. My dad always led uh, music in the churches that we were in, and I just always felt like that it was going to be music-related. So uh, Lynette and I, we started singing with this gospel group, and we traveled around everywhere and sang, and, and uh, I did most of the talking, you know, and people would say from time to time, boy, you're, you know, you're a good speaker. You are, you, are you a preacher? And I'd be like, no, never. Uh, right, and so we do that, and and I'm approaching 30 years old now. It's been several years, and approaching 30 years old, I'd started working with the youth here in this church, 
uh, just uh, helping out a little bit with, with the teens. And the more I got involved, the more uh, God just drew me to that. And, and as I'm in my, uh, you know, my 30th year of life, God really begins to speak to me about going into ministry and being a minister, a youth pastor at the time. And so I was really struggling with that because I had a great job. I was making a lot of money. I was, you know, getting a lot of pay raises and uh, a lot of new added responsibility where I was working. I was in a supervisor position and, you know, things were just looking great. And I was like, you know, I, I can't afford to go into ministry, right? But God is just dealing with me. And we get up one day, Lynette and I are, are elected for, by this church to be delegates at District Assembly up in Jonesboro. We get up that morning and that night I'd really, you know, just prayed about this. And I hadn't even shared this with Lynette. Uh, that morning, uh, get up and I, I'm like, God, if this, is, if this is what you want me to do, I, I need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I need you to give me some sort of sign that this is what you want me to do, that you want me to go into ministry. And so we're heading to Jonesboro, and, and we're going through Conway, and we actually take a route that I wouldn't normally go before, but Lynette was wanting um, something from Burger King for breakfast. I can't imagine anybody wanting anything from Burger King for breakfast, but anyway, and so we're, we're going through that part of town, and as we're going out of Conway, uh, we're going out east of town, we pass a little bitty Baptist church there, and there's a sign there that said, simply said this, if you're looking for a sign from God, this is it. And I just, I knew that sign was, I mean, when I, I almost had a wreck. I've still not told Lynette. And I'm just over here, I'm having a smothering spell driving to Jonesboro all the way. You know, and, and I, but I knew that that was God. Now, God may not speak to you through a sign. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've heard some crazy stories about uh, um, people that said God spoke to them in weird ways, and I, I don't know how I buy that. But you may not buy my story. I don't know. But, but I'm just telling you, some of you may be here this morning, and you would really like some clarity from God in your situation or in your life, or, or in your family, and, and wish that you might could have a burning bush experience. Um, and and I, again, I think we've often heard this story and read this story, but I think we miss something in this story, and it's what God is actually doing here in and through this. And I want you to think about this morning what happened. He engulfed the ordinary in flames to do something extraordinary. He engulfed something that was just ordinary in order to do something extraordinary, right? It's just a bush, right? And Moses was a shepherd, and he's probably walked past this bush before. You know, he's probably walked past thousands of bushes before, as he's led sheep and tended uh, to sheep. And I doubt very seriously that he ever went home at night and said, Hey, honey, guess what? And she said, What? And he said, I saw a bush today. You know, I, I doubt that he ever did that. I doubt that he ever said that because it's just an ordinary bush. But now it's different, right? He sees God in the bush. He literally heard God in the bush. Because God engulfed the ordinary and it changed how Moses viewed it from that point 
forward. And I don't know about you, but I would love for God to engulf the ordinary in 2023. Amen? I would love for Him to do that, to do something extraordinary in our lives, in our families, in our church. I think we got a great kickoff to that this past month where we, we have seen God's people rally around a goal that a, a dumb little preacher had to try to raise $100,000 the month of Christmas, right? And, and, and we met that goal. I believe God is wanting to show us, I want to do something extraordinary through my people, through the body of Christ and through our church. And we expect that and are looking forward to that in 2023. But instead, what are the two most uh, popular resolutions that people make at the beginning of a new year? What, what do you think the top two are every single year? Lose weight and what? And exercise, right? Lose weight and exercise. And don't get me wrong, those are two great resolutions. I, you know, good for you if that was your resolutions. But beyond that, do we really have a plan for going forward? Beyond that, do we really have a vision for what we want to see and what we want to experience in 2023? How, how do, do we have a plan how this coming year can be different from last year. Wouldn't you just like to take like from 2019 until, uh, you know, this past year and just kind of wipe them out, you know, be done with them, be ridded of them? And, and so what, what kind of vision do we have going forward that things might be different than they were in the past? Because honestly, here's the deal. We often enter into a new year and we have hope, right? We have hope of things being better but we don't really have a plan. We, we have a hope that things are going to be great. We have a hope that things are going to be different. We have a hope that things are going to be awesome, but we don't really have a, a plan going forward. And so uh, my goal is uh, what I want to uh, help us kind of do over the next few weeks is to help us to have a plan, to have a vision on our journey uh, with Jesus and on our journey realistically with one another as the body of Christ here at Greenbrier Church of the Nazarene. It, it's about, uh, friends, it's about getting to a place to where we're walking with Jesus on a daily basis, where we're walking with Jesus and you're on this journey and every single day you sense His presence, you sense the fact that you're walking with Him you're walking with Him on this journey. You're walking with this family of God on this journey. And as you realize that you're walking with Him every single day, and you're walking with the body, and you're walking with the family, you begin to see God in this world and in a way that you've never seen Him before. And you see Him in places, in the ordinary in just the common things, the, the bush, if you will. You see Him in these, in these places, in these ordinary places where you've never seen Him or never realized that He was there before. I, I shared this quote several years ago that I believe is so good as we consider this text that we're looking at this morning. This quote is by a, a lady by the name of Elizabeth Browning. And she said this, Earth is crammed with heaven. I want you to think about that. 
You know, we, we pray that uh, uh, in, uh, I've just totally gone blank, the prayer that we pray. What is the prayer that we pray on earth as it is in heaven, right? Uh, boy, that was bad. The, the, the Lord's Prayer. Who knew the Lord had a prayer? <clears throat> but we pray on earth as it is in heaven. Earth is crammed with heaven, friends. She says, earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush is afire with God. But only who sees takes off his shoes. My prayer is that we have new vision in 2023. Amen? And and you know what? There are so many moments in our lives. Every single day, if we are looking, if we are aware Earth is crammed with God's presence. It is filled with His glory and His goodness. There are so many of these everyday, ordinary bushes in my life that are on fire, and I miss them. Why is that? Why would we miss them? Why would we miss this Ordinary thing that is engulfed by the presence of God. Why would we miss these things? We're not looking, maybe. I don't know about you, but I am flying everywhere I go, right? I am going entirely too fast. And if you know what I drive, you probably would agree, right? That's why I trade so much, so y'all can't keep up with, with what I'm driving. But... You know, there are so many of these everyday, ordinary bushes in my life with God's presence that are on fire, and I miss them because I'm in a hurry, because I'm distracted. I'm on this journey of life, right? And I'm trying to get there as fast as I'm going, but where am I going (laughs) in such a hurry when I'm missing the ordinary that is engulfed with God's presence. And I'm distracted and I'm I'm going too fast and I don't see God in this world around me. I don't see heaven in this world that I live in today because I'm so busy and I'm so distracted and I am running the rat race, whatever that is, right? We're all running it. We don't know what it is, but we're running it. But what would it be like If we could just put some things in place so that as we go into this new year that we are looking, we are watching for the burning bushes. We are looking for God in that situation, in that relationship, in that conversation, in that moment. Where is God? If this earth is filled with God's presence, where is He? In that ordinary bush? Where is he in that ordinary break room? Where is he in that ordinary drive to work? Where is he in those things? What would it be like? How how incredible and amazing would it be if every single person, just every single person that calls Greenbrier Church of the Nazarene their home church, if going into this new year, 2023, we were all looking for God's presence in our everyday, ordinary moments, every single day. And here's the deal. If, if you could sum God up in a nutshell, if you could read the entire Bible through in 2023, 
summing God up in a nutshell, it's basically this. Our God is a father, right? He's a father who wants to be with his kids. Is that fair? He's a father that just wants to spend time with his children. Spend time with their kids. The overall theme of the Bible is about human life with God. Amen? It's about life with God. And it would be hard to uh, argue that. You know, it's, it's the human life that He created journeying with the Creator. That's what life's all about. I don't know what your life is all about right now, but what your life was created to be about was you journeying with the one who created you. Amen? That's why you were created, is to be with Him, to spend time with Him, to serve Him, to work for Him, to be faithful to Him. We see it from the very beginning in Genesis. There's God. He creates the world, all the things in the world, and then He creates us. He creates man. He creates woman. He creates this this place where He can do what? Where He can be with the children that He created. Some of your parents, right? You can relate to this. I've told people a lot of times, you know... I believed in the love of God. I thought I knew the love of God, but I never really fully understood the love of God until I had kids of my own. And you know what? Sometimes I just wanted to kill them. Don't don't you think that's God sometime? Oh, there's Steve again. <laughs> he is screwed up again. I thought I'd just zap him right now, but but I love him. He's mine. There's hope for him because he's mine. He's my child. Abba, Father. Brother Bob, we talked about this. It's so good to see you back, Bob. I love you so much. We talked about this in the hospital not long ago. He's our Abba, Father, which means Daddy. Yes, he's a holy father, but he also wants us to know and understand that he loves us like a dad, a good dad, a healthy relationship, and he just wants to spend quality time with his kids. And you know, those of you who have older children, you also understand this as well. When, when they're younger, you know, you just kind of want them to leave. Eventually. You know, you want them to be gone eventually. You, you need some peace and quiet, and you want your house back and in order and and, uh, but there is nothing in this world that Lynette and I enjoy more right now than spending time with our kids. Then, you know, we, we love times together, like last night, where we can get together with our boys and their precious wives that God has blessed us with. There, there's nothing like that feeling of enjoying the company of your kids and feeling like... Your kids are enjoying being in your company. Amen? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Right? There's, there's nothing quite like it. L- listen, friends, you were created to spend time with God, to walk with Him, to journey with Him. You were made for this with God kind of life. You were created for that. 
Some of you are wondering why you feel like something is missing in your life and why you can't ever, you know, embrace or grasp that whatever that is that you think is going to fulfill you or make you happy or bring you joy is because you've totally missed the purpose of your life and your life was created so that you would spend time with Dad, with Abba Father, with our good God. The prophet Micah, he said in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, he said, what does the Lord require of you? Don't miss this. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to what? Walk humbly with your God. That's what's required of us as the children of God. It's to walk with Him. To walk with our Father. He asks us to walk with Him. To journey with Him. You'll find a guy, another guy in the Old Testament by the name of Enoch. We know very little about this God. But here's what we do know. The Bible says this. That he simply walked with God. Huh. Boy, I would love to have that on my tombstone. That, that's assuming they find the body after Lynette does whatever she does with it, right? Uh, but I would love for it to have on my tombstone. He walked with God. How powerful is that? We're repeatedly told throughout Scripture and God's Word that, that, uh, that the people that God used for His greatest good and for His glory were people that walked with Him, that journeyed with Him. Church, don't miss this. God is, is not with us. Uh, he, he's not just with us when we're here, okay? He's not just with us here in church, but He's here, Amen. His presence is here in this place, but He's not just here in this place when we're all looking all nice and all clean and we have ambitions of, you know, starting the new year off right and everything's going good right now and we're here. But this is a God that is with us when things get hard, Frankie, right? God is with us when times are hard, when things are difficult, when things are not going like we planned and not like we wanted. God is with us when we experience those surprises. God is with us when we go through extremely difficult times with our families. Don't miss this, church. He is with you. Amen? He is with you. And then one day, God does something remarkable, and He decides that He's going to come to this earth. That He's going to come to this earth in the form of a baby named Jesus. And we're told that His name would be called what? Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Y'all pretty good. Y'all been to Sunday school. <clears throat> God with us. And through Jesus, we got to see God. Right? In human form. We got to see God who really wanted to be with us. And Jesus was with people. That's what he did. And I'm going to make another plug here. It may go totally south in the next episode, and they may do something crazy. But if you have not seen The Chosen yet, you need to watch it. I have gotten a whole new view and perspective of how Jesus probably was when he was here. I believe God is using these writers and these actors to, to show us something that we maybe never thought of before. Jesus was God in human form. And you know what? He was just a normal guy. He was just like all of us. If he'd have been weird and freaky and all those things, all those people wouldn't have followed him, right? They would have stayed away from him. So Christian, don't be weird. Don't be freaky. 
People only, people are only drawn to people they like. I'll be honest, some people don't like some of y'all. <laughs> you want me to tell you which ones? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All those, all, uh, y'all know, all those people are down at Freddie Mark's church, right? <laughs> y'all think, some of y'all think, you're horrible talking about Freddie Mark the way you do. I just want y'all to know that I get reports from Lifesong Baptist Church on a regular basis that they say, Freddie Mark was bad-mouthing you today. I'm like, well, it's okay because I was a bad-mouthing him. And those of you that don't know, Freddie Mark Wilcox and I are absolute best friends. He was the one that introduced me to Lynette, matter of fact. And got that whole deal going. So we're, we're brothers in Christ, and we're blessed to be able to build the kingdom to God, together. But, y'all, Jesus was with people. When he was here, he was with people. And I want you to think about the people that he was with, all right? He was with people that nobody else wanted to be with. He was with people that nobody else wanted to be around. Jesus was with, when he was a baby... His first guest, shepherds. And we've talked about who they are, the lowest of the low in society. Jesus was with the shepherds as a child. He was with tax collectors, some of the most distrusted, most hated people in the entire world were tax collectors. Jesus was with lepers who had basically been... Uh, What's the word I'm thinking of? Outcast. I want to say shunned, ostracized, exercised. <laughs> That's what we do with those people, right? We exercise them. <clears throat> but he was with these lepers. Jesus was with the sick. Jesus was with the sinners. Jesus was with the outcasts. Don't miss this. He was with them. He was with me when I didn't want to be with him. He was with you when you were in some places that you knew you didn't need to be. He just wanted to be with you. He wanted you to be in his presence. And then Jesus makes this profound statement in the Gospel of John chapter 15. He says this, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Don't miss what he says here. If you remain in me. And I in you, you will do what? Bear much fruit. Oh, that's what I, I would love to see. More fruit in 2023 than I've ever seen before. In me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, if you do not remain in me, apart from me, you can do, what's the word? You can do Nothing. He says, I'm the vine, and you are the branches, and there's only one thing that you're to do. And what's that word he says? Remain. Some translations say abide. The whole idea is simply this, to be with. See what he wants? To be with him. Jesus invites us to be with Him, to be a part of Him, Him a part of us and us a part of Him each and every moment of each and every day. That, that's the one thing 
That's the one thing here that you do. You just remain, he says. You just abide. You just stay in me. You abide in me. And we begin to see this idea of what God really wants. And friends, this is so very important, but God wants to walk with us before He works in us. Do you see that in this verse? He, he, wants to, he wants to walk with us. He wants to be a part of us and us a part of Him before, we, before He does anything in us and through us. Before any fruit, we've got to be in the vine. We've got to be attached. We've got to remain. We've got to abide. In Him. He's the vine. We're the branches. And if we will remain with Him, if we'll journey with Him, if we will abide for Him, we will produce fruit for His good and His glory. Amen? And we have to understand, yes, on our own, we can do some good things. You know what? Out of our own strength and our own power and our own ideas, we can do some good things. But our job is not to do good things. That's not our job. That's not our assignment. That's not what he's asking us to do here. He's not saying, do good things. Jesus says, here's your job. Remain in me. Remain in me. Abide in me. And when you remain in him and you journey with him, you are going to do great things. And he will produce great fruit. But apart from me, he says, you will do nothing. Nothing. And as I go into this new year, I'm no different than you guys. Those of you that, that have been around here, you know I don't, I don't claim to be something, anything special. I'm far from that. There's a lot of good things that I would like to see happen in my own life. But how can I live my life with this conscious awareness every single day, every moment of every day, in all of my ordinary moments, in all of just the ordinary bushes, be aware of His presence. And, and hear me out, I'm not telling you that this means you need to wake up 10 minutes earlier every day and read a chapter out of the Bible so you can check that off your list and move on. Now, there's some worse things that you could do, amen? I mean, there are some worse things that you could be doing this year, but that's not what I'm saying. That's not the goal here. That's not the point. The goal here is not to add uh, uh, something else to your list of religious activities this year that you can check off that will somehow make you feel better about yourself. That's not the goal. The goal is what? To remain in Him, to abide with Him, to walk with Him. The goal is how can I begin to live with an awareness of God constantly in my life? How can I do that? Right? How can I do this at work? How can I do this at school? How can I do this in the car? How can I do this at home? How can I do this when my spouse is being a real, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Not mine, yours, probably. Mine's perfect. Mine's awesome. <clears throat> but as I'm walking through life, the ordinary bushes, the ordinary days... In every moment, how can I begin to live with this awareness that God is with me? And how would my life be different this year if I did that? How would your life be different this year if you did that? And, and some of you are already going, okay, Steve, then tell me how to do that. Give me a list. I need a list. I'm ready to write it down. I need a list. 
All right, and I believe there are some ways to train your heart and, and your mind how to walk every moment, having an awareness of God's presence. And we'll look at more of that over the next few weeks, I promise. So you're going to need to come back uh, the next few weeks at least. But before we can get there, all I wanted to do today is ask you this. Do you want this? Do you want this? I can't answer that for you, right? I can only answer that for me. My heart, my life, my family, my situation. I just want to ask you today, do you want this? That's a question for you to think about today. And as you leave, do you really want this with God kind of life this with God kind of family this with God kind of year do you want this do you want this more than anything else in your life do you want this and I'll tell you this morning I want this for you right I want this for you I want this for me but this morning you're going to have to come to the decision yourself if you really want this. Do I really want this year to be different because I'm going to walk with and be aware of the presence of God in every area of my life, in the ordinary? And as I was preparing this, I'll tell you, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not there yet. But I don't want to miss a single moment of God's presence in every moment of my life in this coming year. Because I believe for the most part, I've missed out on some unbelievable things that God wanted to do in my life because I haven't been aware of His presence and I haven't been obedient. You know, I I told you the story earlier. I knew as a teenager that God wanted me to go in some kind of ministry. And did you catch the fact that I didn't do that until I was 30 years old? And I can't help but think, what would have happened in that window of me walking away, ignoring God, not being obedient? What what would have happened in that window if I'd have just said as a teenager, I'm going to do and I'm going to go wherever you want me to go? What did I miss out on? I believe I've missed out on some great things that God wanted to do in my life because I simply would not abide, remain in Him, and journey with Him. And those of you that have been around me, you know I'm pretty transparent and brutally honest, but as I prepared for this, for you, but again, mostly for me, here's some thoughts that I want to share with you this morning as I close. And these were written by another pastor. But as I read what he had written... I was like, oh my goodness, that's me. He's describing me and and, and my life. This dude is living my life. And maybe some of you here this morning, you can relate to this as well. And I just want to read what he wrote. He starts out by saying this, my life is often a mess. After 30 years of trying to follow Jesus, I keep losing him in the crowded busyness of my life. I know Jesus is there somewhere 
but it's difficult to make him out in the ordinary moments of everyday life. For as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a godly person. I wanted God to use my life to make a difference. Yet when I look at my past, what I see mostly is a broken, littered path with mistakes and with failures. I've had some amazing moments of closeness with God that I wouldn't exchange for any amount of money. But I long for the continuing presence of Jesus. Most of the days of my life seem hopelessly tangled in a wide web of obligations and distractions. I say I want to walk with Jesus, but most of the time the reality is I feel like I'm running away from Jesus into the familiar arms of my own self-centered, ego-driven, materialistic desires. I want desperately to know God better. I want to be consistent. But right now, the only consistency in my life is inconsistency. There's an alarming gap between who I want to be and who I actually am. There's simply too much me trying and not enough of me abiding. This year, I want to be with And I want to walk with Jesus. And I think for me, friends, that really describes what I think some of you probably feel as well. Am I right? And I believe that some of you are like me and you want to desperately be with God. And you want to know God better at a a different level than you ever have before. And you want to close this gap between the person that you are and the person that you want to be. But you really don't know how to do that. And my guess is that your past, just like my past, is littered with a lot more failures spiritually than successes. But I will not, and you can't, let your past define your future. And here's what I think we should do. What if this year, would it be okay if we just stopped trying? (laughs) And and don't get me wrong, but but what if we just stopped trying? What if this year we, we stopped making promises and resolutions that we know we probably can't keep anyway? And what if we just say together that we want to learn what it means to abide. To remain in Him. To walk with Him. To journey with Him. And journey with this body that He gave us, that He calls beautiful. He calls us His bride. What would it be like if we just journeyed with Him and journeyed with the beautiful body that He created for us to walk in this life with. What it means to be with. What it means to walk with this God who desperately wants to walk with us and journey with us. So today, let's walk out of here. Let's journey out of here looking for Him in every moment. Looking for Him in the ordinary In the simple things, the simple days of this journey that we're going to make with Jesus in 2023. Will you go with me? Will you make it with me? Say amen. Amen.
And this morning as we close and we begin this new year together, I, I just want to open the altar this morning. Maybe there's something that you would like to pray about and you would like to come and pray. Maybe a situation going on in your life or your family or with a friend. and You just want to come this morning and say, God, here it is. You know what it is. I want to give it to you. And I just want to abide. I just want to walk with you because I know you're going to walk with me through this journey. Wherever it may take us, we're going to go together. And maybe this morning that journey would begin by you bringing it right here to this altar. I invite you to come right now. Maybe there's somebody that you've been praying for and you just want to bring them to this altar this morning and you want to pray. You come right now. We're not going to drag this out, but I, I want you to, to be obedient this morning. If God's calling you to come, then you come as we close together with a time of prayer today. God, you are so good. And I thank you for that reminder today. Just kind of a simple little thought. It may seem simple, but it is so so big. This thought that the God that created me just wants to spend time with me. The way I enjoy being with my kids and spending time with them and spending time with people that I love. God, that's all you want from us. It's for us to be with you. I thank you for this reminder today as we begin this new year, God. I, I know that it, it causes us a lot of times to, to think maybe a little differently than we normally do throughout the year. We kind of begin to focus on, you know what, we've got a new year. We've got a kind of a new slate here. Got a fresh start. And so, God, I thank you that we have times like this where we can really just kind of sit back and analyze where we are and where we want to be. And God, I believe that every one of us today that's in this place would say in some, some way, in some shape, in some form, we would like for this coming year to be different than the last year. And probably in a lot of different ways. I, I believe with all my heart that you want them to be different as well. And we got some people in our church that are hurting, that are really struggling right now, God, and I just continue to pray that as you abide with them, as you walk with them, as you journey with them, that it would be in such a real and tangible way that they can literally feel it and experience your love and your presence and your comfort in their life and in their situation. We have so many in our church that have lost loved ones. 
so many in our church that are sitting here hurting today that the seat beside them is empty today and it hurts so much and it hurts so bad. God, I pray that you would fill that seat with your presence. That they would know that they're not going home to an empty house, but they're going home with a daddy that loves them and is with them and wants to abide with them and wants to spend time with them and have conversation with them. So many in our church, God, I pray for Anita's family. I thank you so much for that precious lady. What a precious soul that you brought into my life and the lives of our church over these past few years, God. She was just a glimpse of heaven. She was a glimpse of you, a glimpse of an angel. What a special blessing to be a friend and a pastor to Anita. But we've got some people in our church today and her family today that are hurting so bad because it's a great loss. Comfort like you can only do, God. Be with like only you can, her family and the close friends of our sweet Anita. God, it's so good today to see my brother Bob back with us. Brother Ira back with us. So many are, are, are back, and I know that they long to be able to be back with the church. We also have many today that are in the hospital that would love nothing more than to be with their church family today. God, I pray that you'd be with Mary Odom as she's in surgery right now, getting a, her hip repaired and God, I thank you for doctors and nurses and scientists and all those that you use to do your work on a daily basis. But God, I pray that you would do what they can't do. That you would bring healing and restoration to her body. Be with her family during this time. Continue to be with Barbara as she recovers. Be with Dorothy as she recovers from her fall this week, God. I pray that you'd be with my brother Richard. And Randy, as they battle, and every day is an unknown. Every doctor's appointment's an unknown. Every test is an unknown. God, just do what only you can do in their hearts, in their lives. And physically, God, we pray for healing. God, we pray for healing in their lives. God, I thank you for being the kind of God that we can bring our our burdens to, we can bring our situations to, we can bring our family members to, we can bring our kids to. God, because we know that you love us and you love them as much as we do. You love them even more. You sent your only son to die on the cross for their sins. And you know the situation. And so God, I pray that you would use us if you can to point people to you or back to you. And if not us, maybe God puts somebody else in their path, in their life, in their situation, to where they would be reminded of the love of God and the desire that you have to be in relationship with them. we got some parents here today that desperately want that for a child. And you know who they are. And you know the situation. God, I pray for our church. 
I pray that you would do. You already have. God, we give you glory for what you've done in the past. You have been so faithful to us. You have proven yourself good and faithful over and over and over again. And God, I just pray that this year you would do something extraordinary in our church, in our lives, in this place. God, that you would use us to further the kingdom of God. That you would find us with the kind of people that you were with when you came here. That we wouldn't turn our nose up at somebody because they don't look like us or smell like us or talk like us. But God, that you would find us, find us with the outcast, find us with the lost, find us with the sick, find us with the afflicted God, being the hands and feet of Jesus so that they would see you and know you. Help it to begin in my life, in my heart, that I would be more and more like you. That people would see you, not only in my words, but in my life and in my actions, God. And God, if not here, do it at the church next door. God, do it at, at any of these great churches that have great leadership and great uh, people. Great congregations in this community. We're so blessed to be a part of what you're doing in all of our brothers and sisters' lives around this town. And brother, for, uh, this morning, God, for some reason, I'm, I just, uh, I'm thinking of our friends at Spring Hill Baptist. And brother Ed, and he's been so faithful for so long. And there are such great people down there at that church. And I thank you for the good that you have done through that church. God, give them a great year. Bless them big. Give them fruit for your labor. My friends that, that go to church down there, God, do something special in their lives and in their families. God, may the fire of God spread throughout this community, into our homes, into our families, into the places that we never dreamed or imagined. God, I pray that you would be known as we abide, as we remain, as we journey with you. I love you so much because of the great love that you have shown me. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray and ask these things. And all the church said together, Amen. I love y'all so much. I hope you have a great year. God bless you.